It's your boy Robert Fleming Jr. here, and you're listening to the 3D Life Podcast. What's up? What's up? Welcome back to the 3D Life Podcast with me, your host, Robert Fleming Jr. Super excited to have you here as my guest today. Listen, we are in season two. Can you believe that? Season one was a blast. I enjoyed every second of it, but I'm even more excited about what is to come in season two. If you have not liked If you have not subscribed to this channel, be sure to do so before you leave. Subscribe so that you can stay updated with all of our latest and our newest content. And while you're at it, if one of the episodes or if all of these episodes are impactful and value adding to you, be sure to also go and leave a rate. Leave a rate on this channel so other people can know how great the 3D Life podcast is. Listen, we have a very special guest with us today. And I hope that you would help me in welcoming our next guest to the 3D Life podcast. She is a native of Memphis, Tennessee, and now resides in the city of Oxford, Mississippi. She accepted her calling and was licensed as a minister in 2005. And she is ordained as a pastor where she serves as pastor with her husband in the city of Oxford at University of Life Church. And they've been there now since 2011. She is a certified Christian counselor and the founder and CEO of Beyond the Break Resources. She's also a published author and she has written Get Finished Volume 1 and Get Finished Volume 2. And guess what? She's a podcaster. If you have not checked out her podcast, be sure to check out her podcast as well. And that is Just Talk just talking it can be found on wherever you consume your podcasting content she's a preacher she's a speaker she's a motivator she's a wife she's a mother she's a pastor and she is the next guest on the 3d life podcast come on podcast family and help me welcome our next guest pastor prophetess diana benson Hello, Pastor Benson. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Most certainly. Um, Just want to say thanks again for um, taking out time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. I know that my audience and myself are really looking forward to what you have to share with us today. So um, I'm believing that this conversation is going to be impactful. And I'm also believing that it's going to be um, inspiring for many. And so I'm definitely looking forward to uh, our conversation today. So just to kind of open us up today, I just kind of wanted to see um, how you've been doing, how, how your family's been doing. Um, we understand that we are in a very, very weird time. I think just mm-hmm. in general, both <laughs> societally and also when it comes to, you know, healthcare and everything. So uh, how have you all been and how have you all been making the adjustment? 
Well, we've been, um, as we often say, trusting and adjusting. And um, it is, it's a lot going on, of course. Um, it's, uh, several changes, you know, ministry-wise and, you know, what have you. Uh, but to be honest, and I know, you know, this, m a lot of people may or may not share in this. This has been, um, for us and for me particularly, one of the busiest um, times um, that I've had. And so I've been really busy. And even though, uh, you know, my whereabouts, whether it was at homework or, you know, at the office or whatever, you know, those those minor changes. But I, I have been, um, thank God, uh, busy. Busy with um, assignments and things that he's given uh, me to do and some things that we have, you know, that we're building, you know, and what have you. So definitely been staying focused, staying focused on the word, keeping uh, the congregation uh, focused. Um, our children, they go with the flow, uh, thank God, and um, they're they're getting older. And so it, it has been an adjustment, but it's been a great year and we've still seen the hand of God um, in our own lives, in the ministry, you know, our members, um, have great testimonies of God's fruitfulness, uh, yet in a trying time, you know, so, so to God be all the glory. It has been, you know, over the world. And I know for many don't have that testimony. So we're definitely praying for those. And, you know, intercession has been, you know, on the up and up, of course. Um, but as far as what we see and what we believe, you know, we believe, therefore we speak. So we're trusting God and, and believing him in this time. Most certainly. I can definitely um, agree with you there. It's been a different type of busy, but uh, definitely have been busy during this time. And I'm grateful and thankful that uh, God has been faithful to you all as well um, as, as, as us during this time. Um, I believe that it's been a, a year of um, unveiling for many. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. 2020, I know at the beginning of the year, a lot of people were speaking, and I even preached it myself um, at the end of 2019, that 2020 was going to be our year of vision. And what I've seen over the year is that um, God has a very unique way of revealing himself to us. And mm -hmm. I think that while we were rejoicing and, and, and shouting and praising God for vision, I think that God has revealed himself in a different way, um, which mm -hmm. has caused us all to, to really take a step back and to adjust and um, to, I guess, regulate our sensitivity when it comes to what it is that God is doing. And so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm definitely grateful for this year. It's been it's been different. You know, um, I think that we Absolutely. try. I try rather. I try to, you know, put words to it. Uh, but I think I can just sum it up in saying that, that, that things have been different um, during this time. But I'm definitely grateful and thankful for, for, for this year and everything that has transpired. One thing that I really, really enjoy doing, and that's why uh, I'm glad that, that, that we're having this opportunity to chat, is to talk to, talk to preachers outside of the pulpit. Um, I, I told my wife that one thing that I think that God gifts um, those who speak, I believe that God gives them a gift to think creatively and to think mm -hmm. innovatively and mm -hmm. it's not limited to the the pulpit it's not limited to church right. and i think that god 
you know, gifts, those who, who, who speak and minister uh, with, with brilliant minds. Um, and, and I believe that it bleeds into every sector um, of their life, which is why I really enjoy speaking to people, um, people who uh, are ministers, preachers, pastors, um, b- because of their minds. So uh, thank you and, and definitely look forward to kind of picking your mind a little bit today. Um, yeah. to, to kind of segue into our discussion today, I've noticed, and I know that you were raised in the South, much like me, and there are a lot of ideologies that I have seen in church and I've seen uh, over the years and really want to get your perspective on that. So I'm going to stop talking. Um, I want to ask you, when did you first feel the call to ministry and what was the response from people? Um... Let's see how it's, it, it can be somewhat, I don't have a, I have several, <laughs> let me say this. I have several uh, instances where, um, you know, I, that I was, or when I can say I was becoming aware that God was speaking to me and concerning uh, my life and, and his, his involvement <laughs> in my life. I, I grew up in church. Um, and so as a little girl, I loved church, like always. I honestly don't. And I have this um, often uh, just kind of funny story because my siblings, we, we were, I'm the youngest and us all coming up in church. But I was the one that like took it and, and for them a little too serious. Like, you know, I was telling, we, we grew up in Memphis. And so um, the popular secular station was K97. You know, I would tell mom and dad if they were listening to K97. Um, we had channel 36 that was the video channel and it had secular videos. I was the snitch. I was the one that's like, they listening to their dancing music. They listening to K97 and I was all into, and not so much now, but back then, Williams Brothers, Ken Spirituals, all that was my thing. And I would like blast it on the way to school. I'm third, fourth grade. That's what I want to listen to. And so um, I just knew. And when I would be, you know, in the church environment or listening to preachers, I was always very intrigued just by, you know, listening. And I was always drawn in to the message and I wanted to pay attention. And I can recall, you know, several times as a young girl, I uh, had a, my little radio CD player that would be in, in my bed um, and I would have Ken Spirituals or somebody on there <laughs> on the way to sleep and just how I could feel his presence at such a young age. And I really didn't know that it was feeling his presence, so to speak. I just knew that I was having an encounter that it made me feel different and it made me feel like nobody would be able to understand if I tell them, I don't know why I feel like something happens to me while I'm listening to gospel music or why I began to cry and feel something so heavy that was evidently present with me and pulling on me. And, you know, so I had made these major experiences uh, with the presence of God, um, very young, very young. And so the older I got, maybe teenage years, I just knew, I knew that, um, you know, living this life and that I wanted to live a sold out life. I wanted to be a part of this. <laughs> I wanted this to be my life. And of course, you know, I had my experiences, you know, and, and my hits and miss 
but ultimately I wanted God. I wanted what he wanted for me. And um, so, yes, yeah, so once I really, I guess the moment of knowing that I was called, it was so, it happened, you know, in, 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 in doses in a way, if, if that makes sense, that I just knew that it was something, I didn't know where it would lead me all the way, but I could feel the call of God to do his work and to be all in and that he wanted to use me and that he had a plan for me and all this. I could feel that on my life and I was aware of that um, very, very early on. Um, but I guess I accepted my call into ministry. I was actually 20 when I accepted uh, my call and I, I knew for sure at about 18 or 19 that he had called me to minister but I, I accepted that call and I was uh, licensed as a minister first um, at 20 years old. Awesome story. Awesome story. And I don't think that, um, I will say this, our, our, the artist that typically listens to this podcast are, um, I think a lot of people have a church background. Some might not, um, but it, it, it's always intriguing to me um, to hear that uh, other people grew up in a way that was very similar to mine. Um, son of a preacher, been in church literally all of my life. I think that the first place my mother took me after I was born was to church. And I really feel like that is no um, <laughs> exaggeration. I think, I think I think church was the first place she took me. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but to hear, you know, that story, I think, you know, provides a lot of, of context for um, where you are currently in life and just your progression, um, you know, in your growth. Uh, not only just as a pastor and a minister, but just as a believer. And I think that that is, um, I, th I think that's pivotal, you know, because that foundation, I think, is uh, everything when it comes to, you know, building and, 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 and over the course of your life, I think that it's always built on that foundation. So um, I appreciate right. you sharing right. that. When, when you went public and, and, and say, okay, God has called me to preach, um, I, don't, I, I, don't know, I don't know your experience. I don't really know even maybe your your church background completely, but uh, I know that for a lot of people, especially in the Bible Belt, in the South, um, Memphis, I think right, right outside of Mississippi, I am a Mississippi boy. Um, I've heard preachers a whole lot, you know, um, teach against and, and even have a hard time acknowledging that women can preach. And so I'm really curious uh, to hear what was people's responses to you saying okay god has called me to preach how did they how, how, how did they respond to that i actually and i know that i've heard what's what's common but i actually as a woman and even being a young uh woman at that time um i actually uh, well i received a lot of support um my former pastor in in uh memphis um we first we were you know we were with uh, uh as as a little girl uh bishop g patterson's father at holy temple church of god in christ um and then we went to uh, g e patterson's church we were part of that i spent most of my time when i really when i you know really started digging into the word of god um and so I wouldn't necessarily say my foundation, but when I started um, really paying attention, <laughs> uh, we were at the Spirit of Life, which at that time was Church of God in Christ, uh, 
uh, who's bishop now, Eric uh, D. Farmer. And we were, during my time there, we started attending that church when I was about 12. And we went there until my father started pastoring when I was um, 17. Um, when I was 11, 12, somewhere in there. Um, anyway, and so during that time, from 11 or so to 17, um, he was a very, very, very prominent voice, of course, in my life as my pastor, but in who God was calling me to be. And so he shaped a lot of that. And he spoke things into me that then, you know, it was like, absolutely not that I couldn't see, you know, I knew, I knew I'd probably, you know, be in church and that I'll be doing <laughs> something in the church. But as far as these things that he would prophesy and speak into me, I, I didn't see that and how God was going to use my voice and uh, the platforms that I would stand on and things like that. So he ministered that into me. He, he, he gave, he planted that spirit of expectancy uh, just through the prophetic word into my life. And so once I accepted my calling, I was under uh, my father's leadership at that time. My father started pastoring, which is how we moved to Mississippi. My father is originally from Grenada, Mississippi. And so when God called him to pastor, he called him there. And so my family eventually moved. I moved there after graduated high school. Um, and so being there and under my father's ministry, even at that time, uh, father was grooming me. I was serving uh, as his assistant um, somewhat at, at, during, you know, being there. And so he was already grooming me and he had already um, let me know that he knew, you know, that I was, that I inherited, you know, his anointing and that I would carry on, you know, the mantle and, and take it further than even God would have him to take in life, you know. And so um, I was, I, with all that being said, so there was a lot of support. There was a lot of pushing. There was a lot of molding and preparation from uh, my leaders um, that helped me and helped me to be comfortable with saying yes. And so even in our congregation, you know, I, I had a lead role there. You know, I led in the uh, youth department. They knew that, you know, I served as close as I did with my parents. And so uh, when I did, it was kind of like, okay, for them, it's about time because everybody saw the bigger picture even more so than I did. So I didn't receive um, a lot of backlash or uh, judgment, even being at that time in Grenada, Mississippi, where I know that some surrounding experiences and even ideas uh, did not support. But from, you know, again, the, the, the ground in which I served and even where God had me to, to pour, I, I never really had much of. I saw, I felt, you know, I have a few experiences going out, but I never, you know, necessarily, I don't feel like I've ever up to this point had to fight for my place or to prove or anything like that. I don't have an experience like that. That's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, and I'm glad to hear that um, because I know that that may not be everybody else's experience. Um, I, I was having a conversation with a a friend of mine, and the conversation was, I want to say, surrounding what what is currently going on um, in our nation. We know that we are in a state of civil unrest, um, like we mm -hmm. haven't seen in a long time. Um, I know, I think it was last week we we heard the news surrounding the case of Brianna Taylor. And I've tried mm -hmm. to be very active in in my stance and. And in my efforts to to bring awareness to social inequality, 
And I was having this conversation and I told him, um, I say, you know, we're often uh, quick, you know, to to address these things um, outside of church. But sometimes inside of the walls, we don't really want to come to grips with some of the inequality that is, you know, even present in our churches. Um, and, and he said something that was so, so profound. He said that um, as church, and he's also a clergyman as well. He said as church people, it's important that we address all of our isms. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is just not racism, um, but this may be genderism. Um, this may be clericalism as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really coming to coming to grips with some of the ideologies that we have accepted over the years that may not necessarily be in line with biblical principles. And so that's something that I've been trying to be intentional about doing for myself and also bringing light and shedding light to other people about some of the ideologies that may not be uh, rooted in in biblical principle. And what I've seen over the years is that sometimes we use the Bible um, as a form of oppression when we don't understand the context for which something was written. And so mm-hmm. uh, my next question uh, was going to be, because this has been my experience in, in, in a lot of spaces where um, we're not allowed to say that, that women preach or, you know, people frown upon the term of, of pastor being used with the woman, a pastor being used to, to address a woman of God. Um, so my question is, what is the role of women when it comes to the church? Well, I believe um, overall, the woman, I believe, you know, we are, we are naturally and we were created to be carriers. And so in that, uh, it, it speaks a lot to our first and foremost, foremost role um, from the place of intercession. And um, to, I, I think that as far as the, you know, the, the, the prayer, our prayer, our intercession, um, plays a great part in the foundation. Uh, the Bible, Jesus said that his house shall be a house of prayer. Um, so I think that women, we make firm the foundation when we understand the importance of intercession and the importance of intercession that comes from a woman. So first I would speak to our role of intercession. Um, and in that, just as it relates to, you know, any house, and I think even the house of God, and even when you go into, you know, and, and, and do some studies, we know that just in the, you know, early times, it, it was the home was where the church settings were. And, you know, the women who at that time, uh, that was the woman's, if you will, sanctuary, that, that was the, the place that a woman nurtured the home. Uh, not getting it mixed up with leading, but played a great part in setting the atmosphere and nurturing the home. So I think anything as it relates to the nurturing and the upkeep um, of the church, women are just foundational <laughs> to, to, the, to the church and play a, you know, a key role in the strength of the body, period. Um, and so... That would be my my opinion on that. Just you know, uh, biblically led, and just you know, naturally how how we were created, why we were created, um, and just what the role of a woman is, uh, generally speaking, 
but it is, you know, pretty much one of the same as it relates to our roles and position and significance in the house of God. I appreciate you for shedding light on that. I was having a conversation with my wife and um, I'm not exactly sure where the thought came from, um, but I was, I was having a conversation with her. And one thing that I try to be very intentional about doing is, is checking my, my ideologies and making sure that I'm not just believing something because that's what I've always heard. And so I told her, you know, because a lot of people use the, the term, the man is the head as a way to oppress the woman. And that's not something that I am okay with in the least bit. And it dawned on me that while equal in importance, there's a difference in responsibility. And I believe Mm -hmm. that, you know, when it comes to the creation, when it comes to how God views us, um, you know, the Bible lets us know that uh, when we get to heaven, it's it's not going to be genders. It's not like, okay, you're a woman, you're a man, you know, we're all going to be all all God's children, Um, which lets me know that God views us equally in importance. God views us equal in you know our ability to to be used by him and that that's something that you know when, when i would hear that it, it would be something that would kind of bother me um but i told her that that god god views us you know as equal god god, god looks at us um as all of his children while we may be different in, in operation of roles you mm-hmm. know it's almost like the difference between you know a coach and the star basketball player both are, are vitally important to 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 the overall success of the team while the player may be shooting the shot the coach may be calling the play you know and, and mm-hmm. being able to to really come to grips and understand that and so i really appreciate you shedding light um and sharing that and, and, and kind of pushing back a little bit on that narrative in 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 accepting your your call to ministry this is something that that especially and, and not all churches, not all people view this, but I do know that um, a, a large consensus, especially, you know, here in the South, at times we do struggle with that, um, that terminology. You know, we, we, we may struggle with that ideology that, hey, you know, women, you know, the man is the head. The man is the head. Um, but, you know, my dad right. often say, hey, if the man is, if the man is the head and the woman is the neck. You know, she's going to control, you know, right. uh, where, where, where the head is going and, you know, and how it's positioned and, you know, the whole nine yards. So uh, I re- really appreciate you uh, sharing that in, in, in accepting your your call to ministry. This is something that I I struggled with for a while. And even sometime now I have to be careful, you know, not to, um, I guess, fall back into that space. Were there ever any challenges with kind of um, being comfortable with with your identity um, as a minister and really getting comfortable with, okay, now this is who God has called me to be. This is who I am. And and this is the space that I'm going to operate in. Um, ha- ha- have you ever had any challenges with that? Um, if so, can you just kind of speak to that point? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, let's see. And I'm I'm trying to, when you ask me questions, I, I try to immediately think of my, my short version answer. I think in, in everything, I can be kind of long-winded. So let me think how to put this. Um, 
so my my short version answer to that of, of course would be yes <laughs> that'd probably be the best thing i can do going short but uh expounding off of it a little bit is when i okay he called me to pastor and um and and let me just run it up this way before i accepted my call to ministry and i mentioned how i, I was as, as a little girl and as a child have told this testimony often uh because it just it's it is you know who i am and uh and who i am in through god um as as a young girl um i didn't have many if you will experiences because of my awareness and even my own convictions early on um just being in the church and so there's not a lot of things you know i don't have that testimony that you know he had to pull me out of the club or you know pull the glass out of my hand or you know get me up you know whatever and so that was um when i accepted all up until i accepted my call to ministry at 20. um i also um as i accepted my calling into ministry early i married early the first time and so in this um and, and i was married at that time but right after i accepted my calling uh my first marriage went through great challenges and just some great uh, 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 whole another segment worth of uh, to to share in that, but it's a great part of my testimony. But so in that, after experiencing that, after being a pastor's daughter, um, one who accepted her call to ministry, a pastor's daughter, being married young, leading, you know, having a lead role in the church, and then suffering uh, after that. So my I often say when I tell my testimony that my testimony is not highlighted much a uh, bc before christ a lot of people tell the the bc he stopped me this and he stopped me from that and then i came and you know my hands look new my feet did too and you know though that's uh it has its realities my greatest experience of who he was and his power was ac after christ after i said yes after i submitted you know to the call on my life after i am put in position after I'm moving and going, then I was faced with my greatest, my greatest uh, experience, my greatest testimony, my greatest battles, my greatest struggle, my own shame. And I had to endure that in the church. And so not only in the church, that's your first struggle. As a pastor's daughter, that's another struggle. Being a minister, that's another struggle. Being in a small town, that it's a wrap and and being around uh, or trying to again accept what the word of god said concerning me in that time and making sense of that um uh, in the noise or in the face of chaos of what man was saying to me and this is man that represented um or at least had relation to the church and so being confused off of what do i believe about myself uh, that's mixed with man's opinion, accepting what God says about me. What is he saying about me? Where do I go from here? And so with that being said, yes, I battled um, greatly um, because of, due to. And so that was being a minister. Well, it was, that was at 20. At 27 is when God called me to pastor. So this is seven years later. But at, at this seven-year mark, I'm still somewhat stuck i am god isn't but i'm still somewhat stuck in the experience of the past six seven years and so now 
I'm yet still yielded because all I've ever known is to say yes to God. All I've ever known is to, to, to just completely throw my hands up. And so I didn't necessarily think about running from what he said. I just didn't know if I didn't know how to give myself permission to accept what he said and to accept it with confidence um, after having, um, again, faced such a great challenge in the face of people, people that I would then in return come back and lead on a greater platform uh, that I would, you know, do life and ministry, you know, my witness as, you know, use that term, my, my witness being compromised and all of that just through going through a divorce and my own failures and shame. And, you know, so yes, I, I, I struggled a great deal, but it was simply, it was simply the love of God. Um, I often say when nothing else could help, <laughs> love lifted me. It was me getting a revelation of the love of God. It was getting a real serious revelation of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ as it relates to me. It was me moving everything and everybody out of the way and placing myself in the, in, in, in the storyline and saying, okay, how does this fit? How does what he did, how has it impacted and how does it fit? Where can I bring it into my right now? What he did for the whole world. How can I, as if nobody else is in the world, God show me how to make this relevant and how through a soundness of mind and understanding, accept and understand what you did for me and how it gives me the permission to be uh, confident in walking out the call that you placed on my life. And so, yeah, it, it was, it, it's, thanks be to God, it's, it's definitely not anymore, but um, it definitely was, was, was a struggle. I had to wrestle with what God said versus what the other people were saying for a little while, uh, but God won. <laughs> God has a funny way um, of, of dealing with us, and um, I'm glad that even during the times where we don't necessarily want to say yes. God is patient with us while we find, find ourselves and um, find comfort in knowing that he knows what is best for us. Um, right. I often, you know, tell other people and, and my father says this as well, that God doesn't waste anything. And I am um, reminded of the story when he fed the 5,000, um, they took up the scraps um, that were left over. And I feel like God does the same things, you know, the same thing when it comes to our life in that sometimes we don't even know why we're going through a situation. We don't really mm -hmm. know why we are experiencing what we are experiencing, but knowing that God has a plan for everything is something that, um, I have to hold on to in order to find comfort in the present season. Um, because sometimes I think that it can be really discouraging to 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 live through some of these dark spaces um but the beauty and i think just the um just the beautiful mind of god really is displayed when he takes all of those fragments and, and my wife uh preached preached a message one time it was really good um talking about um the stained glass window in that um these are all broken fragments of glass um, some of them probably meant to be thrown away, just leftovers and how uh, a artist can take that 
and use all of those mm-hmm. broken all of those broken pieces to create something that is beautiful. And I believe that God does the same thing with us. And so I right. really appreciate yeah. you, um, you know, sharing that. And, 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 and it really hit home for me. And, um, and I, and I hope for everybody who's listening to this, um, that, that part of our testimony definitely, uh, ministers in his home to you as well. Cause I think that there are a lot of people out here who are, who have questions, um, I've had questions. Some, some things have questions about now, just being transparent and being honest um, mm-hmm. as to why God is allowing some things to happen. I understand, you know, that we are in a pandemic. Some probably have lost loved ones or have gone through financial hardship, have gone through relational hardship, and life seems to be um, really transitioning and taking a lot of different turns. But um, I learned. I learned and and. Um, I've witnessed, you know, through the life of, of other people and even your testimony that despite everything that we go through, God definitely has control. And so mm-hmm. I appreciate you, uh, you sharing that. Thank you. And that Absolutely. kind of, that, that's kind of a segue, you know, into my next question, which I'm glad that we have individuals like you um, who, who are versatile in that you're being used inside of the church, but also have found space outside of church settings to, to make an impact and, and to serve. And so I know that you, you launched and you are the CEO of Beyond the Break. Um, I believe that you are also a, um, a, a certified counselor, Christian counselor. So um, my wife is also a therapist. And so I, I definitely have a, a, a special appreciation for those who, um, who serve in in that capacity, um, in the public sector. And so with that being said, I just wanted to, uh, just kind of hear your story about how you, um, I guess, transition into that, into that space and what was, you know, your motivation for, for, for launching beyond the veil. Okay. Beyond the break is what God has given me. And, that came, it's four years in the making and I just, yeah, I, Absolutely appreciate God for this particular uh, ministry, and it's it's God's way. As you mentioned, uh, the message that your wife uh, preached about the stained glass and just how an artist has a way of taking those things. And this 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 is God another way that He's proven to me that He is indeed that artist, and that He knows how to make something beautiful out of what's broken and you know it's it's such a common it could well it's not it's not cliche it's reality it can seem like cliche but it is such a reality to who Christ is in our lives and what he does because I mean hey we are an absolute mess <laughs> either way you wrap it up we are a mess without him and you know on our best days and that's I think that's one of the the greatest lessons that I've learned that it wasn't in my Though, you know, there, there are things that I am, that's required of me. Uh, there is a life and a charge I'm called to keep and a lifestyle that's required of me. But one of the greatest things that I've learned is even in that, even in my perfecting that, that without Jesus and without him, him, his life, his death, his, his being the atonement of, of, for my sins, without him presenting me before the father faultless that um, I, I, I have faults on my best day. Um, but as it relates to Beyond the Breakup, four years ago, um, I was actually taking um, a walk and 
it was, <laughs> I share this testimony often, I actually just did because the anniversary just came up. Um, I was walking on the trail and dealing with some things. My husband and I were talking about some things, some things that God was using me in. I was pursuing um, just how God was going to use that, the whole uh, counseling, you know, aspect and uh, even being a life coach and all of that, trying to uh, make sense of which way was going with all of that. I was walking and we were talking and, you know, planning some things. And I literally heard God um in the wind, literally, a wind, the breath of God said beyond the break. And it, such a power of God came with that, that I stopped and immediately tears fell out from my eyes. I said, I just heard God speak something. And he immediately started downloading instructions into me and telling me how he was about to use uh, my own experiences. And, you know, I I was just in the in the place of being thanking him that I had been restored and you know and him um, approving me and um, healing me and even trusting me with his work to just minister the gospel. But that day it was like he told me this is where it all makes sense. And so I went home after that walk and I began to write down what he told me. And uh, so we started off. Long story short, we started off as a um, mentorship program. Um, I had gotten several women that would reach out to me and um that happened often but I somewhat I think because of my own insecurities they would reach out for a mentor or you know just for a certain level of pouring and for whatever reason as if it was um you know any different from leading and pastoring just the whole up close and personal thing my own you know insecurities I just disqualified myself feeling like who am I to tell anybody anything so I didn't really embrace that but um, God instructed me that, that I, I had to stop rejecting that and that, you know, he was sending them and that it was him, you know, uh, this thing. And so anyway, wrote the vision. It started off as a mentorship program. Four years later, um, now it's actually a nonprofit organization, uh, Beyond the Break. And under that, I have uh, Beyond the Break Academy, which is yet still um, that program that I started off just being a small, you know, group of women just coming together, doing some mentoring. Now um, it's more of a life coaching uh, program. And under the Beyond the Break Academy, I have the, what we call our life room um, groups that get together for eight months um, out of a year, one Saturday, one time a month, um, just kind of go through, through the word of God, uh, breakthrough. Um, and, um, strengthening them. My instruction from that came from how Jesus told Peter, um, how he told him that the enemy wished to sift him as wheat. And he says, but Peter, I've prayed for you. And he says, after the time of testing, you go back and you strengthen your brothers. And so I, I lived that too. I lived that time that the enemy was wishing to sift me as wheat. He wanted to cause my faith to crumble. And so after God restored me, this was to my instruction. Now go back. So it's going back and it's helping uh, particularly women that are in broken situations, uh, not uh, allow their to not allow their faith to crumble, not to lose themselves in those situations, and to minister and to coach them through breakthrough, to help with resources, um, just with the broken places in life. Uh, so we counsel through that. We do our uh, coaching through that. I also, a little over a year ago, opened up a women's home. And so we have Rafa's house that's under that now. It's a restoration home for women. They're able to come free of charge for 30 to 90 days. 
and uh, experience, whether it's uh, mental uh, rehabilitation and uh, healing or emotional, what have you. And so there's um, therapy that comes with that and counseling and, of course, coaching. And if they need help with resources, if it's a homeless situation, if they need help with resources, getting back on their feet, finding homes, what have you. And so they're there again at no cost to them, but allowing God to uh, intervene on their situation and um, hearing his instruction on how to move forward. Um, so we walked them through that for up to 90 days. Um, and so, yeah, we, that's Rafa's House. We're making sure that's Rafa's House beyond the break. And then uh, the resource beyond the break program is just um, a, a resource with resources. So we have others that we'll partner with. Um, I'm partnered with um, homes that are addiction recovery homes. I'm partnered with uh, resources uh, that, you know, help with GED and different things like that. So we also are partnered with other resources if it's not something that we do to help guide and uh, send those in the right direction. Just to keep them, again, from crumbling, their faith from slipping, and to help pull them beyond the break. I appreciate you. Um letting us know about that. And for those of you who are listening and you want to know a little bit more about that, I know that you all have a website and that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's www.beyondthebreak.org. And yes. you can also give them a call at 1-855-507-3224 or email them at beyondthebreakoutreach at gmail.com. Um, I believe that that is a great, great resource and to know that we have believers and to know that we have people in those spaces who really have a genuine heart for um, for souls and for the well-being of people is something that is very, very encouraging. And so um, I just want to say, you know, <laughs> thank you um, for what you're doing in, in, in the community. I know that um, that's in the Lafayette County area. So for those of you who are in that area, you're listening to this podcast and really feel like you're, you're, you're in that space and, and, and are in need of those resources, by all means, um, please um, do yourself a favor and, and be sure to reach out and to connect. Um, so thank and you so much. And that number that you mentioned, the numbers, I'm sorry, but just uh, to, the number that you mentioned also, just so um, those who might need it, it's also our helpline. So we have a crisis helpline. And when you dial that number to give you three options, if you are in a crisis situation, that would be option one. And for uh, if you're needing the how you know the housing option, then that's option two, and anything under the Beyond the Break Academy, that's option three. But option one is our helpline, and that's if you are just going through, if you feel like you're just in a mental break and you just need someone to uh, talk you back in your right mind, to pray you back in your right mind, uh, what have you. And so that is again, I just want to make clear that that is also our helpline, and so we uh, really try to push that because I know. I know after going through some of the things that I went through, I went through more so more so than what I went through in my life with to the eye could have looked severe and like a lot of trouble, but more so than that, what I went through in my mind was greater. And it's by the grace of God that I'm living today. It's by the grace of God. It's by the absolute grace of God. And I went through that. I don't like to say alone because he was with me. Uh, but physically uh, alone in my darkest times, I didn't. And not that maybe people weren't there. I didn't even know how to reach out. 
you know, and there was just a certain space that I just didn't, I just didn't reach out. I just didn't tell you how far, you know, I, I was gone in my head. And so all of these resources, uh, one, of course, with the instruction of God, uh, you know, and, and him giving me his instruction and his leading, but it's also I'm very passionate about providing what I wish I had and providing what I needed in, in my worst time. Um, and so that's just one of those things when we talk about beyond the break, again, the greatest battlefield I realize many times is the mind when you're going through anything. If you can, if you can grab onto some hope mentally, you know, what, you, what you're going through, you can get through. It's, it's, it's the thought life. <laughs> It's the imaginations. It's the what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, all of that. And so um, that helpline, I really try to push that out for anybody. Again, not necessarily if you, you may not necessarily need the services or uh, any of that. But if you just need, again, prayer, if you need someone to just listen, you need someone to be there uh, to help you get your grip, that's also what that number would be for. Awesome. Awesome. You said something that uh that reminded me of of what a friend told me one time in that the the mind is is a very special place and one of the hardest places to fight because mm-hmm. physically, eventually, the body gives out, but the mind the mind doesn't give out. And so that battle, you know, just continues to go on and on and on. Eventually, you know, if you're wrestling physically with somebody, eventually um, you will tire out. Um, mm-hmm. But the mind can, has the ability to to take um, numerous beatings and, and just, you know, keep going and, and, and reliving things and to keep playing it over and over in the mind. And, and that's something that um, I've seen. And so definitely want to uh, encourage you all, please, please reach out. And um, as we kind of, I guess, approach the, the, the end of our conversation, I wanted to uh, just ask a, a quick bonus question that if you had to get one piece of advice on personal growth and identity discovery, what would it be? Find yourself in Jesus. And it, it, it could, it, you know, again, it can seem so surface, but it's the answer. And you got to find, you got to find out who he is you got to really forget to know him and who he is. And in that you find out and you even find the, the courage to believe what he says about you when you really find out, man, just how amazing he is, how loving he is, how awesome he is. And so I found myself when I really found him and how I mentioned I grew up in church. I was there all, you know, all of that. But I found him in my broken place. That's when I really discovered the depth of who he was and his love for me. And so I encourage anyone that's, uh, you know, just trying to grow uh, spiritually, mentally, finding yourself, finding your purpose, uh, which is a, a common question. What's my purpose? Uh, it's him. Your purpose is in Jesus. It's him. Everything that you're to do, everything that he's, it's in him. It's in him. You have to find yourself. You got to get lost in him. Get lost in him and you'll find everything you need to find for this life. I appreciate you for sharing that. Um, and again, I, I want to thank you for just taking out time to um, to chat with me and just share your insights and your experiences um, with with me and and our audience as well. Um, I believe that 
you know, God gives the body of Christ um, gems and 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 people in these spaces to be able to speak specifically to 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 some areas that um that that we may be going through. And and one thing that I've learned is that if you're going through something, there's probably somebody else, somebody that God has surrounded you with that has probably experienced the same thing um, or something similar to what you're going through. And so being able to to connect with them can be can be a game changer. Um, and, and, and the Bible said that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by word of their testimony. And so definitely grateful for your testimony and what God is doing in, through and with your life and, and also your husband's life there at University of Life in, in Oxford, Mississippi. Where can people find you? What are your social media handles? Social media, um, my ministry page is uh, Prophet Deanna Benson um, is my ministry page. You can also find details about Beyond the Break, uh, Beyond the Break um, Help Center uh, we have there. And um, our ministry page is the church, University of Life Church. Uh, but if you just know our Deanna Benson, uh, just put it in. And I think it'll get you uh, wherever you need to be as it relates to finding us on social media. Uh, that's pr- probably where we are most active at. I think we're both involved on um, Instagram and some things a little bit, but uh, I'm most active on Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. And I know that um, you've also written a couple of books, if I'm not mistaken. So um, if I'm not mistaken, that is Get Finished Volume 1 and Get Finished Volume 2. And where can people purchase those books? You can go to www.dianabenson.com or you can go to Amazon. They're both available on Amazon. I think uh, Volume 1 is available as an ebook. Um, but they both are available there, Amazon or my website, which is simply my name.com. Awesome. Thank you so much again for, for joining me today. And I really, really appreciate this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. May God bless your platform and your life. And before you get out of here today, I just want to say again, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the 3D Life podcast. I hope something was said today that was impactful and value adding. If it was, do us a favor and share this with somebody. Let them know that the 3D Life podcast is up and it is rolling. If you have not subscribed to this channel, be sure to subscribe and leave a rate. If you have not liked us on Facebook, please do me a favor and like us on Facebook as well. This will ensure that you stay up to date on all of our newest and latest content. Let me put in another plug here. Prophetess Deanna Benson also has a podcast and that is Just Talk with Prophetess Deanna Benson, where they talk about the language of faith. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. I hope that the rest of this week is the best of this week for you. And until next week, peace and blessings.